does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven the number two save lives.org. Matt Taylor joins me, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Matt, I apologize. I must have uh, not. I, I, I didn't call you. I don't know why. I'm glad you called me. And uh, are, are you ready? You going to the race tomorrow, or are you just going to listen? No, I'm going. I'm going to the race tomorrow for the first time in five years. Uh, oh, my wife, okay. yeah, my my wife's family. They are they're diehards, and they get up. We're gonna. I, I was just informed at the wake up call tomorrow is five a.m. Trying to beat the traffic, and <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as as soon as you and I are done chatting, my head hits the pillow, and we're gonna we're gonna try and make it work. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad. Let me put it this way: I'm glad it's you. <laughs> I'm glad. All right. So if I have the job you have, number one, I'd never have it because I'm not as good as you are. But secondly, you have to just be waiting. You this season can't get here fast enough for you. Yeah, and it's you know I think we're we're getting there, and you know we had OTAs the the first week of OTAs were this past right. week, so for the next uh, three four weeks until mid June, you know you're going to have your closest thing to real football here. Uh, you got eleven on eleven drills, you got seven on seven. That's permitted now by the NFL, and it's all going to kind of culminate with the uh, mandatory mini camp in mid June, and then it's you know five six weeks off until everybody kind of reconvenes for training camp in late July, but uh, right now it's it's Anthony Richardson's, you know, first chance to be in the huddle with right. veterans and rookies alike and go up against the defense and run routes against the defense and kind of go through those progressions and, uh, you know, know where to go with your eyes and things like that. So it's his first chance to get acclimated to life in the NFL kind of at full speed, right? It's not full contact. It's not taking guys to the ground and things like that, but it's the closest thing that we'll have until real football, until training camp. And so in that regard, it's exciting. It's just kind of another step in the, in the chapter of this book leading up to his, his first uh, rookie season in the NFL. But he looks pretty good out there, Bob. I mean, he's learning from mistakes. Yeah. And he's yeah. getting better with his footwork, and he's taking criticism, and he's taking coaching well. He's got a good attitude. So in that regard, it's all positive, and it's, he's doing everything you want him to be doing this time of year considering his lack of experience coming from the college game where he only had those 13 starts at Florida. I think you have to be impressed, too, with his approach to it. I mean, he has embraced the opportunity. He's come in. He's acted like a professional from day one. And to me, I'd be really encouraged with that approach. 
And, and, and I think that all kind of comes in time. I think he has to earn that. And I think with the locker room, tons of eyeballs are going to be on him early. And there's yeah. going to be a lot yeah. of pressure. But he has to earn that in due time. But I think he's willing to put in the time to become one of the biggest leaders on the team and take on that responsibility that comes with being a top five pick at quarterback, you know, be the face of a franchise, be the the guy that the team is inevitably going to market and, you know, put out there. And, you know, you're just going to be the face of the team. I mean, it just kind of comes with the territory. So I think he's embracing that. And I've, I've just been really impressed with his ability to kind of balance the, uh, the patience and the willing to learn along with his subtle confidence and his swagger, if that makes sense. I think all of those right. things are kind of on display all at the same time, which I think he's going to need to have in order to be successful right away. His ability to compartmentalize, his willingness to learn and be coached, but also at the same time just being confident in himself and his abilities and has in his athleticism right away those are the things he's going to have to lean on immediately in order to be successful if he is indeed the starter week 1 or early on in the season so OTAs are, when when do they work out again as a group so they're going to start on Tuesday they'll have Monday off just the, due to the right. fact that it's a holiday, Memorial Day. So they're going to practice next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so they're going to do that next week, the week after next, and then, like I said, those three days for minicamp in mid-June, and then that's it. So they get 10 OTA practices, three minicamp practices, and uh, really you have to use that as a kind of the launching point or that springboard going into right. training camp to build that foundation both – playbook-wise and schematic-wise, but I think more importantly for this team, with a new head coach and a lot of uncertainty around this team, it's more about building bonds and and building those relationships Mm -hmm. within the locker room before you get to training camp in late July. He's Matt Taylor. He's the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I know you got to get to bed now, brother. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you staying up late. And think about, listen, think while you're in traffic, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> and I and I love you. You know that. Thanks for doing this. It. Have fun it's tomorrow. Be, it'll be a long day, but a good day. You're the best, Bob. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Matt Taylor, coming up, scoreboard update with Sam Fritz. This is Indiana Sports Talk. All right, for this update, let's go ahead and give you another rundown of the MLB full list of games that took place today. The San Diego Padres beat, uh, lost to the New York Yankees 3-2. Detroit Tigers beat the Chicago White Sox 7-3. The Tigers had a perfect game going into the sixth inning. Pitcher Michael Lorenzen was working on one until it was upset by the White Sox in the sixth, but they still emerged with the victory 7-3. Minnesota Twins beat the Toronto Blue Jays in a high-scoring affair, 9-7 in favor of the Twins. The Texas Rangers stole one away against the Baltimore Orioles, 5-3 for the Rangers there. Houston Astros beat the Athletics, 6-3 in favor of the defending World Series champions. Washington Nationals were up over the Kansas City Royals, 4-2. Philadelphia Phillies beat the Atlanta Braves, 2-1. Zach Wheeler, impressively getting through eight innings, puts up a total of 12 strikeouts. Craig Kimbrell earns his 401st save tonight. 
Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays 6-5. Seattle Mariners up over the Pittsburgh Pirates 5-0. The Giants beat the Brewers 3-1. Cincinnati Reds beat the Chicago Cubs 8-5. Boston Red Sox defeat the Arizona Diamonds, Diamondbacks 2-1. St. Louis Cardinals beat the Cleveland Guardians in extra innings 2-1. Mets and Rockies are tied at the end of the 6th, 6-6 in their game. The Marlins and Angels are tied 1-1 at the end of the 4th. You've got me again in 15 minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Wrapping up season 29. Um, All my hair wasn't white then. Uh, Clearly, it is now. And um, it was fun. It was was a, a unique idea that we came up with. Scott Eaker had the idea, uh, asked me to do it, and uh, I had stopped coaching at the time. wasn't sure what my next move was going to be. I just knew I needed a change, and the change was to host a, a radio show that had never been done before. <laughs> so, yeah, that's perfect for me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always up for a challenge, I suppose, and this was. There's no question. The hardest thing at the start, to be honest, the hardest thing was um, I'm a basketball coach. I'm a basketball guy. That's that, Professionally, that's what I've done. And so we get started during football and trying to get high school football coaches to uh, believe in our show and believe in me was a challenge to begin with. There's, there's no question. I don't blame them. I would have been skeptical of what we were trying to do. But we uh, kept plugging away at it and um, managed to get get some momentum and really get get things going. And the, the gratifying thing, too, is that, listen, we've been on as long as we have. And um, to stay on as, in this day and age with all the changes technologically and all of people's habits and, quite frankly, you know, we've we've helped – uh, I think we've done our part to promote high school sports in our state, and we're proud of that. But uh, we're equally proud that uh, people make this – this is destination uh, radio. They, they get in their car, they hit scan, or they hit their local radio station, and they know what they're going to get. So uh, I'll be back on the 4th of August as we get ready for season number 30. A very important member of Indiana Sports Talk for 10 years, 10 of our 29, is Tony Donahue, and he joins us. Tony, thanks for the call. I'm curious. Uh, so, where do you, you know, you have media parking, right? You have a parking pass. But before you got all that, where would you park uh, and, uh, and go to the race? What was your routine? On race because we had Matt Taylor on and Matt saying you know he his wake up call was at five a.m. to get on the road to be able to get get up to the track. So what was your routine back in the day? Yeah, I was lucky growing up. Um, I had a family member that lived on Thirtieth and Georgetown or Thirtieth and oh, Patricia. You had it made. There, so, yeah, so we <laughs> yeah. used to just we always had a reserved spot right there. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess for the casual, for the casual uh, person going tomorrow, the best thing to do is just. You know, drive through some of the neighborhoods around there. You'll see, yeah, um, that's what, you know, you'll yeah. see people parking for 25, 30 bucks. It's going to be more expensive the closer you get to the racetrack. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was one of the traditions growing up that I, I guess I kind of miss a little bit. It's just parking in somebody's front yard and, 
hanging out and talking before the race and then walking in. So, um, yeah, I'm leaving early because I don't want that media parking lot to be too full and I want to ha- have that spot. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's what I would do. I definitely find myself in somebody's front yard. We would always, uh, we would always park right there in Speedway. Uh, there was a school or a church or something. This was a long time ago. Obviously, my, my, my mind gets a little clouded on, on things like that. But we'd, and then we'd walk. I mean, you know, my brother, my mom and dad and I, we'd walk. And so we were young enough and uh, I, I guess spirited enough. So the, the walk didn't seem to, you know, at the time it seemed far. And now it didn't seem like it was that far. But it was, it was fun. Tony Donahue with us. Fans Place app. Get that. Go to your app store. Get the Fans Place app. Also, go to Burnout Sports. Please support these things for Tony. All right. Last night we talked about it. It's a wide open field. Nothing's changed dramatically. I think the Graham Rahal story is kind of an interesting one. And, Tony, you know, from a media standpoint, there are so many storylines and and, and the ways to look at this. It's incredible, all all the things, all the drama, all the stories that are going on in and around this race tomorrow. Yeah, I think the Graham Rahal situation is just one of the more weirder things that I've seen happen at the Indianapolis 500. And, and I've seen yeah. a lot of weird, as have we all. But you think about, you know, a Rahal Letterman Lanigan car crashes into Steph Wilson, knocks him out. Graham Rahal's on the right. outside looking in. Right. He fills in. There's a Honda Chevy conflict. But then, you know, the PR person for Brian Reinbold worked with Bobby Rahal for 30 years. And 30 years ago, Bobby Rahal didn't make the Indianapolis 500. Right. Next year, he right. come out in a different car. <laughs> and right. the year Bobby didn't make it, the number 10 Chip Ganassi racing car started from the pole. And a Brazilian driver started 11th and won his second 500. And Kanan, I believe, starts in the same spot. Maybe it's 9th it's ninth or 11th. And he's looking for his second Indy 500. Uh, Graham and Steph Wilson's banners outside of the racetrack are next to each other. Like it has just been bizarre when you think about right. Uh, right. all the, I guess, coincidences. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. No, no. It's, it's crazy. You the get, conspiracy the theorists, yeah, yeah. The, the conspiracy you get, you, theorists are out there having a ball with this, Tony. Oh, you know that. <laughs> there's no doubt. And, and you get you, you put him in a car that is faster than a Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan car. <laughs> right. He's going to blow by him in turn one and and be on his way away from them. Well, you know what? <laughs> this is not. But the other part of it too is this is a race that ne- a race that never lacks drama to begin with. So add that in, and you've got a bonus. Well, let me tell you, tomorrow with it being overcast and not very sunny and just cloudy and about seventy, that's going to be perfect, perfect track conditions, perfect weather for passing. Cars are going to be faster. They're going to have better grip. This is going to be one of the more competitive Indianapolis 500s that. Uh, that we've seen uh, in a long time. I know sometimes it gets spread out. We don't see a lot of yellows, uh, but this is going to come right down to the wire as it usually does. But I think with the, with, with the way that the track conditions are tomorrow, it's going to be fast. It's going to be competitive. There's right. going to be plenty of passes throughout the field tomorrow. So do I make more out of this than what it is? Because I have this feeling that, 
you know, teams that, that have, you know, that are part of the circuit, part of the NTT series, you know, their their pit crews are, are uh, more in line with one another. They're, they're more polished. They work together. They spend more time together as opposed to some of the teams that don't have that kind of experience. I mean, and you're going to be in there five or six or seven times, and we all know races are oftentimes lost in getting in and out of the pits. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I think there is an advantage to the full-time cars and the teams that are doing this week in and week out and have that camaraderie. Um, it's hard to win as like a one-off or as a part-time effort. I know Elio did it in 2021. He wasn't quite full-time with Meyer Shank at the time. He was only running a select amount of races. Um, but, yeah, and you've got to be perfect probably six to seven times tomorrow on pit road. And it starts with the driver having a great in-lap, which means you're coming off turn four with as much speed as you can carry down right. along the line. Uh, you've, the, they've moved the, the line where you have to be slowed down to the 60-mile-an-hour pit road speed limit down a little, a little further. You have a little bit more time for error because in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of break-up, yeah. a, a lot of brake yeah. checkups, a lot of spinning, some contact. Um, so can you nail it to where right when you get to that line – you're at 60 miles per hour, and as we know, it cost Scott Dixon the Indy 500 last year. He wasn't down to 60 miles an hour. I think it was 61.2 is where it was. Right. Penalty, dominated the race, uh, lost the chance to have his second Indianapolis 500 title. So, uh, And then, then that outlap, how quickly can you get out of the pits? How quickly on that warm-up lane you get up to speed, merge on the backstretch? I mean, that's, that's so critical to winning any race. It's super critical to winning a fast race when you're pitting under the green conditions at the Indy 500. He's Tony Donahue. He's been with Indiana Sports Talk for 10 years. We still miss you, uh, really. We had fun. We've always had fun, oh, yeah. especially these nights before the race. You know what I mean? Those were some of our favorite nights, were they not? Yeah, it, it really helped the buildup, right? Like we were talking about it, and, uh, you know, you and I were, were together in, in those two chairs on – Friday and Saturday night of the first time that the Grand Prix ran, which kind of really adds, I think, a little a little bit more boost and a little bit more excitement yeah. to the month of yeah. May. Um, right. A competitive place like that. All right. You're you're still part of the show. You you know you're trained when you hear that music. I like it. Hang on through yep. this scoreboard update, okay? No problem. All right. Tony Donahue and I will come back talk more racing uh, on Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, folks, in an intense finish to the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics live to fight another day. Let me break it down for you like this. Jimmy Butler was at the line with the game tied 102 
to 102. Jimmy Butler hits a free throw, puts the heat up by one, 103 to 102. The Boston Celtics, with three seconds left on the clock, I will let them speak for themselves. All right, we're going to try that again. White will inbound. It's off the smoke for the seventh game. Now, Tony Bill tipped in, but the buzzer sounded. The light was on. It'll be reviewed. To break down what you just heard there, Marcus Smart took a three-point shot that went in and out, but in the closing seconds, and I mean possibly tenths of a second, Derek White managed to put the ball back up and give the Celtics a 104-103 win. The series is now tied 3-3. Game 7 back in Boston two nights from now. One of these two teams is going to win and seal their fate to the NBA Finals where the Denver Nuggets await. You've got me one more time in another 15 minutes. We will recap all the scores of the night and say goodnight to you in preparation for the Indianapolis 500. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're talking about the Indianapolis 500 with Tony Donahue, longtime member of Indiana Sports Talk, my resident gearhead, as I used to say. Now with Fans Place, uh, the Fans Place uh, app and Burnout Sports, Okay, we're racing tomorrow. You've talked about it, deep field, all of that, fast speeds. Uh, you think it's possible they get a record speed for this race tomorrow? I think that's clearly within the realm of possibility, is it not? It certainly is, but, but what concerns me is one of a few things. You've got a lot of really good race cars starting like 13th through 20th. And right. with the cooler conditions, you're going to have a lot of drivers that are going to be able to pass, and they're going to make moves, and they're going to make moves late. Mm. And I think that that's going to open it up a little bit um, a better. You know, in the last couple of years, it really hasn't been the easiest to pass because it's been hot, track's been slick. Uh, that aero screen that that came in in 2020 right. has kind of knocked some of that downforce and some of the air resistance off of the car. Uh, but I think tomorrow we can see a lot of passing. This is a car that is, is has been tweaked since that 2025 20, over the last several years to make the passing a little bit uh, easier, better to do. And I think with the cooler conditions, we're going to see a lot of guys making uh, making make, making moves, trying to make as many passes as they can, and sometimes that just leads to disaster. So, except for the race, what what's your favorite pre-race activity or something that goes on that that you like? That really, yeah. really like most people talk about, you know, uh, back home again in Indiana. Hard to argue that. I mean, native yeah. Hoosiers that we are. I mean, it, there's something about that that kind of brings a tear to your eye, quite frankly. Uh, but what what is it uh, that you like? Yeah, I think first it's just being surrounded with friends and family, and then seeing people that maybe you know you know of, but you don't see that often. Right. And come right. And say hello. Uh, but I, I love these starting lineups. You know, when they get the music going and and Dave Calabro gets on there and gives you the starting field from one or from 33 all the way up to that front row and, and the pole position and, and everybody cheering on the drivers and beach balls are flying through the air and everybody's ready to go. 
um, that is something certainly that is that is that gives you chills and the flyover always incredible. Obviously, back home again in Indiana, the national anthem is always special. Um, but yeah, the driver starts your engines, and the, and then for me, sitting in turn three, um, that first time when they when you when you first see even, even under even under right. even under the pace car speed, you see them into come down the back straightaway at you, uh, and then when they form up into all. Uh, 11 rows of three, um, you know, that's one of the best pictures I take all year. Yeah, I mean, and my recollection is, I mean, one of the races I went to is back in the 60s when I was a kid. Um, they had the big wreck on the main straightaway, A.J. Foyt climbing the fence and that kind of stuff. But to, to see from that vantage point, see the 11 rows come out of turn four and head down the main straightaway to, to take the green flag. I, I will tell you what, that even now that, that brings chills uh, to, to me because it's just such an awesome event. It's an awesome thing to see as they get ready to take the flag. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you're sitting in turn one or three, wherever you are, I mean, when they form up in the rows of three, um, you know, even it's just for that pace lap because they're usually settled by the time they get down to the back stretch. Um, it's it's one of the best pictures you see all year, especially that first one heading into turn one when everybody's kind of fanned out. Um, you know, I know we've talked about this, but but that lap one, you know, you've got to survive that lap one. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's like taking jet fighters and throwing them into a into a gymnasium and letting them and you've got to try to get out the exit door going forward. So. Um, you know, I'm excited for it, but yeah, you have to survive that lap one as you well know. Yeah. But you know, the things that you've talked about too, and I, I mean, this is the concern I think all of us have, and it's clearly the drivers have that same concern. You know, the speeds have been so close. They've been so fast, so close. You have, um, lots of former champions. You have a lot of really good drivers and, the urge to try to move yourself up as quickly as you can is hard to fight. Uh, and so I, I think if, if, if you can survive some problems early on in the race, it, I think, shapes up to be a great race. But I, I'm concerned, like others, uh, about the anxiousness and the anxiety that certain people might have to try to make up for some time as quickly as they can. Yeah, there, there definitely is that. And, you know, you don't know how many restarts you're going to get throughout the day, and you don't know where you're going to be when those restarts happen. So you're going to have to make some moves. Try to move up when you can, and that's on, on the initial start, on the restarts when everybody's kind of bunched up and there's, there's, there's able opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see early in tomorrow's race who goes to that, like, third lane. Because you can usually go too wide around there. But will we see mm-hmm. some moves? It's going to be a cooler afternoon. And there's going to be optimal grip. Will we see some people try that third line uh, on the on the initial start, and then maybe on restart to try to gain some spots? And if you do, who will it be? Who do you th- who, who do you think is going to go out there and test that? I think uh, tomorrow at the start, you need to watch willpower. He starts, I believe, twelfth, thirteenth, right, somewhere in that range. He's going to be a guy that is known on the on the on the starts at Indy to move up and gain some spots and make some make some daring passes. So um look for Will Power to be the guy on the charge early tomorrow. All right. Remind me again who do you who you think is gonna win? Because I know you have strong thoughts about this. Yeah, this is a guy that I thought 
when he signed with this new team to run the 500, I thought was going to be um, the guy to get it done. And I'm going to stick with him. And it's Takuma Sato to win his third Indy 500 in the last six right. years, 17, 20, and now 2023. I'll go with Takuma Sato. It's a pretty, pretty good choice. I mean, um, quite frankly, he's already, as you point out, he's already won twice. So, yeah. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad choice at all. All right, Tony D. No, go ahead. Chip Ganassi Racing is the strongest team with Polo, Dixon, Erickson, your defending winner, and Takuma Sato. I think tomorrow it's going to be incredibly hard to beat the Ganassi boys. I think you're right. We'll find out. Have a safe day tomorrow, Tony, and thanks for staying up late and joining me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Coach. Congratulations on finishing All another right. successful season and look forward to talking Thank to you, you. when the football season kicks off in late August. I'll look forward to it. From the fans' place in Burnout Sports, Tony Donahue. Thanks, Tony. See you, Coach. See you later. There you have it. We're going to be racing tomorrow. A lot of people aren't getting much sleep because they're going to be back at it. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I always encourage you. If you can't go to the race, you have to listen. I mean, you just have to tune up Mark Jaynes and, and his colleagues in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. They are the best. It's fun. Uh, it's fun to listen to them. They're very, very good at it, obviously. And um, just go ahead and, and relax in the comfort of your home, listen to the race, and uh, have some fun. Uh, we're going to come back and wrap it up here in just a few minutes uh, as we head literally, no pun intended on this, down the home stretch of season number 29 of Indiana Sports Talk. Uh, and uh, a reminder, um, Jimmy Cook, Greg Rakestraw will be sitting in for me next weekend and throughout uh, June and July, host of other uh, um a gentleman will be sitting in and guiding you through Indiana Sports Talk. So we're on throughout the summer. Uh, gives me a chance to recharge the classic batteries and have some fun and relax a little bit uh, and uh, <laughs> take care. It also gives me a chance to catch up with all of these doctors who want to talk to me. So, um, you know, that's the joy of, uh, of aging. And uh, we're, we're we're involved in that, so make sure you stay you stay with us on Indiana Sports Talk Friday and Saturday nights. Even though I'm going to take a couple months off, we expect you to be with us. Scoreboard update coming up with our guy Sam Fritz. This is Indiana. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Sports Talk.
All right, final update of the night. Let's get all the scores in that we can. NBA Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics stay alive with a shot made with three seconds left to play. 104-103. The Celtics go back to Boston for Game 7 in an attempt to seal their fate to the NBA Finals where the Denver Nuggets await them. Speaking of fates being sealed, the Dallas Stars kept themselves alive as well today with a 4-2 win over the Las Vegas Golden Knights. That series is headed back to Dallas, where they will have home ice advantage in Game 6. In Major League Baseball, there are two games still being played. The New York Mets and Colorado Rockies are in the Mile High City, and the Rockies are currently up in a close one. End of the seventh inning, Rockies lead 8-7. The Miami Marlins have pulled ahead while they're in Los Angeles. They are up 2-1 to one over the Angels in the top of the sixth inning. USFL, fourth quarter action. Four minutes left to play between the Philadelphia Stars and the Pittsburgh Maulers. The Stars are ahead by 10, 34-24. There was some WNBA action today. The Connecticut Sun fell to New York Liberty. New York winning 81-65. And the Los Angeles Sparks lost to the Las Vegas Aces 93-65 in favor of the Aces there. Again, guys, the Indianapolis 500 is tomorrow. Green flag flies at 11 a.m. for the 107th running of the greatest spectacle in racing. You got to tune in. If you're a Hoosier, it is your duty to be listening to the Indianapolis 500 or else I don't want to know you. And speaking of, you're done knowing me for the night. For Network Indiana Sports, this has been Sam Fritz. Welcome back. You don't want to have Sam mad at you. You you know, if you don't listen to the race or if you're not there, he he doesn't want to know you. Sam, that's pretty harsh. I'm I'm just saying. You know, I understand the sentiment. I understand the emotion, but that's harsh. (laughs) At my house, we have a saying. And by house, I mean with my roommates. Uh, I I tell my roommates every day, you have to have the hundy on. Okay. I got it. I'm not sure what that means, but okay. A secret uh, word to have to say that everybody will have to give you the answer to, Sam. The the the, the hundy, as in the Indianapolis 500. I I, I shorten it to hundy. Right. I, apparently, I'm the only one that does this, even though it's a very it. practical. Well, it makes sense. I understand. I, I understand. So now you you you're working. So you are in studio tomorrow. You'll be pushing the right buttons and making sure everything gets out to the uh, Network Indiana affiliates around the state, correct? Yes, sir. I'll be handling the race as well as post-race festivities for tomorrow. I'll be taking us in and out of network coverage, and then I'll be working with Greg Rakestraw, John Herrick, a bunch of Indiana Sports Talk regulars in post-show festivities. Uh, And one of the important, uh, in addition to Mark Jaynes, Chris Denary, and others, Chris Pollack, uh, part of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. Chris Pollock was my first studio producer of Indiana Sports Time, but way back in the day. We go back a long, long way. He's fantastic. Uh, he is tremendous at what he does. And we had some we had some great times uh, back when we got this thing started. And uh, I'm happy for him. I always think of him uh, on race day because, you know, he's – Again, part of the network, and so I don't know if you've worked with him or had a, occasion to to be around him. He's really he's got the perfect temperament for it, and so you know these uh, it's it's fun to do. Now, do you have any any since you're working, you probably don't have any 
big uh, race day rituals that people have. That's one of the cool things about the race is to is to talk to people about the things that they do on a yearly basis. Uh, you know, getting like you know, Matt Taylor was with us earlier tonight. You know, they're up at five a.m. on their way in. Uh, people park in the same spot, sit in the same spot, get their routine, and that's part of it. That's that's part of May, quite frankly. So my my uh, I do not have a race day ritual in terms of what I do to prepare for the broadcast, but my family does have a yearly ritual in which we do a uh, driver draft, and I happen to not be <laughs> I happen to have the worst I think lineup right. of, of racers right. in the draft this year. So you didn't do well. <laughs> our our names are the our racers are assigned randomly. We don't get to select them. If it was up to me oh, with the okay. first pick right. in the in the right. Fritz family IndyCar draft, I would have taken Scott right. Dixon. Uh, I don't blame you. I know when my wife and I were younger, uh, and we and we had uh, social lives <laughs> before Indiana Sports Talk. Um, we we had a group of friends that would have um, you know a party um on tonight you know the saturday before the race and that that party would stretch on in into the next morning and uh everyone would marshal at uh shapiro's downtown at 6 a.m and then drive up to the track and get themselves going and so some would uh would stay up all night others wouldn't um my routine now is real simple i mean i, I get off the air obviously at midnight I never, I can never go to sleep once I get off the air. It takes me a while, so I'll, I'll be up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, take my, my daily walk. Uh, probably get back in the house at close to uh, ten o'clock or so. Uh, cook breakfast. Uh, I'm the breakfast chef at our house, and then I will uh, find a nice quiet flotation device and, and be. Uh, outside, maybe a little chilly, uh, but I'll be there listening to the race, listening to Mark and his guys. Final breaks and final thoughts coming up. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. And by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Go, go to their website, driven2savelives.org. Wrapping up Season 29 tonight, and um, to, to begin to thank people, uh, we don't have a, a nearly enough time. Uh, thanks most of all to Scott Eaker. It was his idea to start this show, which uh, we began in August of 1994. Uh, Scott had been our play-by-play guy at IUPUI my last two years there. And when I stopped coaching, he called me in, in the, the phrase that will stay with me for the rest of my life. I've got an idea for a radio show, and I think you'd be great as the host. 
And that was it. That's how it started. And uh, in the ensuing 29 years, uh, things have gone well for Indiana Sports Talk. We are the most listened to sports talk show in the state um, because I think we're unique. Uh, We're unique in the sense that um, it's all about uh, the action. We're an information-based show. That's what we do. And I think my background as a coach um, serves me well as as the host of this type of show. Uh, I, I don't. I, I I have no agenda. I don't criticize coaches. I I I made a living for 22 years trying to win games, so I understand what that's about, and understand the impact it has on on coaches' families. So I uh, I take that responsibility very seriously. So, and I, I would never ever criticize uh, student-athletes. That's not possible. I have no respect for people who do that. Um, We talk about the good things that our kids accomplish. Um, Joined by my media colleagues and graciously joined by coaches after very, very busy times. And so uh, we have a unique show. We know it. We understand it. We're proud of it. And a lot of people put in a lot of time to make that effort possible. So I'll be back uh, on the air on the 4th of August. Recharge the battery, so to speak. Have a little fun. Maybe do something I never do, and that's take my wife out for an actual dinner on a Friday or a Saturday night. Or maybe even go watch a movie if people still do that. So um, that's that's the plan. So make sure you join next week, uh, Jimmy Cook on Friday, Greg Rakestraw on Saturday. Thank you so much to uh, everyone who joined us tonight. Great job. Thanks uh, so much to Sam Fritz, Parker Webster. Great job. Thank you to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to all of you for making us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making Legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.